Hello. She, oh, I well, I was, I'm talking to you. Oh, okay. You're Sorry the person about that. here. Hello, Tanner. <laughs> How are you? Good. How you doing? Um, I'm good. I'm a little sad that we haven't done this in so long, but we I, want to apologize for that. I wouldn't say I'm sad. I'm saying I'm more glad that we're back. Yeah. And I think that it's going to be... Also, by the way, maybe we should say welcome to our guests. Welcome back to our podcast. Welcome back. Welcome back. You know, we were really happy with the turnout we got with the first two episodes. And then Tanya, you want to let them know what happened? Carver had a terrible accident where all of his fingers fell off. They're literally gone. I'm have, just kidding. I have two nubs. <clears throat> two nubs. Um, it was just a crazy time in our lives. Carver, um, we like threw a graduation party. Carver like walked in April of 2018. And then over the summer, we were waiting for his diploma. He got an email instead that said, actually, you need a couple of more credits to graduate. Surprise. And then we were like, I'm sorry, what? So, yeah, pretty much. I thought I was going to graduate, but it turns out with my department, you need a minor with your major. It's just with that department, you need to get a minor. So I had to go back and get a minor in Spanish. Yeah. So it really wasn't that big of a deal, but also we were like, um, how are we going to afford this? Um, this is what we, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. We were kind of expecting to move on with our lives from school and blah, blah, blah. So anyway, um, yeah. I also, I'm not going to lie. Um, pornography wise, I think that around the summertime and going into the fall was probably one of the hardest times in our marriage and just um so we had recorded these podcasts right and um we talk like we have it all figured out I to me it sounded like it was we were just these people who were like let me tell you how to live your life and let me tell you about all of these things and then these struggles would come up and all of this stuff came out and um, I felt embarrassed that I had, I mean, we had over 800 people listen. I had told 800 people that like, I, I'm trying to be less emotional about it. And like, we're really working on our communication. We're really doing good. And then, which is true, which was true is true, but there are always going to be setbacks when you're working with someone who has an addiction. And, um, I was embarrassed and I was angry and I was really sad. And I know Carver felt the same way. And thinking about doing this podcast made me angry (laughs) and upset And it was, you know, we had school and, and all, it was just a lot of things. And I know that's not an excuse, but, um, after that time, I think these last six months has honestly been the happiest we have ever been in our marriage. I would agree with that wholeheartedly. I mean, we, we overcame the little schlump we experienced and it has been the happiest we've ever been in our marriage. We just celebrated our two year anniversary on the 16th of February. Woo. Woo. And, um, thinking about talking about pornography and thinking about doing this again, I just was like, I don't want to go back there. I don't want to go back to that. I just want to think about the happiness that we're having right now. So long story short, we had a lot of things, roadblocks that, um, were in the way of recording this, but we're back and we have a good topic to talk about today. We want to talk about accountability and how that plays into addiction. And then especially 
um, a pornography addiction yeah. and what our experience has been with that. So Carver, why don't you start? Okay. Yeah. And just to circle back what you're saying, I mean, like we're, I'm not going to say like we have it all figured out, no. but I do think that we're on a good trajectory and more than anything, I think we owe it to ourselves and we owe it to the people out there that may be struggling that really, you know, that message just about the podcast. I felt like we owed it to them almost. Yeah. Though we said like, no, you know what? We've opened this door and we're going to walk through it. We're going to support you. There's people walking There's people outside, outside of our apartment. There's never people near yeah. our house. So when we hear people, we're like, that was trippy. Hmm? <laughs> but anyway, so we're back and we're glad to be back. I think honestly, like, you know, like I said, we owe it to ourselves and we owe it to the community and to this issue to actually discuss and say, like, these are the struggles I'm having and this is the successes that we're having. And today we're going to talk about accountability and accountability, I think, honestly, is one of the biggest hurdles for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think um, in any addiction, anything that you could struggle with, accountability is key. Mm-hmm. So I guess to start, let me just talk about how me and Tanner do it, how we choose to be accountable. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I am always being accountable to her. If I ever mess up, if I have a setback, I talk to her. If I'm feeling an urge, I call her, I text her. And I let her know what I'm going through. Well, that's the plan. That's what's supposed to happen, right? That's what's supposed to happen. Mm -hmm. And if it, you know, if I do mess up, if I don't call her, then I, you know, I have to answer for what I've done. And honestly, you know, I don't remember. Let me see. I have notes here. To be honest. They're my notes. No, they're mine now. (laughs) The number one thing that I could say about accountability is just the catharsis that you can feel when you tell someone what's going on like to get it off your chest and just to say like hey this is what's going on it may be hard to get to that point that's truly my struggle you know is i don't want to hurt tanner i feel embarrassed i'm ashamed i'm angry but once you just talk about it you know it just that feeling once you get it off your chest is unlike any other i mean it honestly if i'm struggling and i don't talk to tanner the struggle gets worse if i struggle just a little bit and i tell tanner it's almost like it cuts it off and it's done. It's in the past. I've told Tanner and I can move on. It's almost just a kind of cleanse for me, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so we had this game plan, like Carver was saying to like, I was like, listen, anytime something like this comes up, I really want you to feel like you can text me or call me or whatever. Um, and sometimes... It feels like a job. No offense, but like I I am busy. I'm like doing stuff in my day. I'm not just sitting around waiting for Carver to call me. I feel like in the thick of it when things when we really were struggling with this and when Carver was really struggling. Um I I was anxious about it and I feel like I was checking my phone every 5 seconds to see if Ah, I, it just made me nervous, but I can't, I, I can't do that. I mean, I have a life. I have things going on. I, uh, just started working again at Gowns by Pamela, um, a dress shop. My friend Pamela is a designer. She designs beautiful wedding gowns. Um, and I work, it was maybe, um, I, I, when I have appointments with brides, I 
usually don't get to sit down. I'm running around for an hour and a half, putting on and taking on, putting on dresses, taking off, putting on dresses on these brides and, you know, doing all these things. And I don't have time to check my phone, you know, and just like literally everyone, um, we have lives and it felt like a job. I felt like for a while that I couldn't leave my house because I was afraid of, like, I thought it was almost my fault for putting Carver in a situation where he would be left home alone with a, with a phone and a computer and a laptop and all of these things that we have run into issues with before in the past. And I felt like I was trapped in my house that I wasn't going to be able to go and do things if he was home and that I had to be glued to my phone. And I feel like there is a good medium where um, I have a friend from college who um, I, um, she asked me in the last podcast, um, what happens when you have a friend who's really struggling with this? And I, I don't, I didn't think that I had, I didn't have an answer for that because I was like, I don't know. I've never had friends who struggled. I have a spouse who struggles with that. <laughs> um, not your friend? Nope. I'm just kidding. Um, Sorry, I feel like I'm rambling. So let me wrap this up. Um, What you can do is be committed to someone because it is sometimes feels like a chore. It feels like a job. I felt like I was glued. I had to be glued to my phone and I had to answer every every text. I had to answer every phone call on time. I had to be there 100 percent. And that isn't necessarily true which kind of takes a load off of you. And sometimes I'm like, sometimes it feels almost annoying. Yeah. To be honest, I think if I may interject really quick, mm-hmm. like you, you can be accountable to me and I can be accountable to you, but accountability doesn't just mean like you need to be there every time I'm struggling. You know, it's not like you have to show up for me. Accountability also means that I have to show up for you now. And I, you know, and accountability it means, at least for me, that... It's two-way. There's Yeah, there, it's a two-way. It's not like you need to... You know, it almost sounds like at the beginning you were feeling like... And we've talked about this, too. Is that, like, you felt like you always had to be there for me and that you were at the whim of my addiction, mm-hmm. which is not <clears throat> true. You know, if that's true, that's a codependency that right. is n- not good. However, right. though, if I have an addiction, I need to be able to say, I know that there's someone here counting on me mm-hmm. that I have to report to that's going to know my progress. Right. And so I need to be accountable to her. She may not. And you know what? There are times where I'm like, hey, I'm struggling right now. And Tanner doesn't get back to me until an hour. But in those moments, we kind of have developed a system. And it's kind of, it wasn't like something we just planned out at the beginning. It's kind of trial and error of what works for us. But when I'm accountable to Tanner, this is what I do. I tell her how I'm struggling, you know, like, hey, this is what's going on. But a lot of times I'll tell her what I'm doing about it, mm-hmm. you know, so it's not like I'm only going to her saying, whoops, I did it again. Mm-hmm. And I'm not at the mercy. No, I'm saying this is what I'm doing and this is this is what I'm feeling. This is what I'm doing to get over this. Right. And it also gives us an example. I mean, it gave us two minds to say what is working, what's not working. Mm-hmm. And it's holding me accountable to myself saying, 
I need to be able to show up for this person, but I need to be able to track what I'm actually doing. Like, right. is the strategy that I'm working on? I mean, there have been some strategies in the past that have not worked. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like weren't strong enough to help get me past an addiction of past an urge. Mm-hmm. So I've had to go back to the drawing board and we've talked about, okay, this isn't working. What do we do next? So just, this is a good tip that I feel like if you, so it's tricky because um, if you really are invested in helping somebody, you know someone and you love someone who's struggling with an addiction. I actually don't know how this works for like a heroin addiction or something like that. But with this specifically, or I think it could be generalized for many addictions, um, you need to be committed to that person. You need to set aside your like, um, sometimes this is annoying that you're texting me all the time. Sometimes it feels inconvenient. You need to set that aside and figure out little things that you can do to have accountability with a person, um, because you need to be committed. Um, just like you hope that they're committed to recovery, you need to be committed to their recovery also. So this is what we do. Um, we have created a small list of questions. Carver has a little sticky note. Well, he had a little sticky note on his desk. Got a new job. He got a new job, new desk. So anyways, um, a little list of questions for in the moment when he's struggling and when his mind is not clear. And if I don't have time, I will send him a quick question. Um, or I'll reference what my sheet says. Right. So today, for example, Carver texted me that he was having some issues and I had, I quick thought of a couple of questions and I said, at your desk, make a list of things that you love about living a clean life. The re like, what do you love about your life right now? That, that is surrounded by like fighting this battle. What are the blessings and what are the things that you have seen in your life that have come from making these decisions? What are you grateful for? You know, it was just a quick little thing. And um, tell them how that works. Well, do you want me to tell them? Like, like what, what does I, that do for you? So this is some things that I've worked on, like just to get me out of my mind space that I'm in right now and to actually like put something down is that I'll write that stuff. And honestly, it kind of gives me kind of reminds me where I'm at. In, pro- in my progress, it reminds me of just, you know, it, t- it kind of gets me out of my thinking space. It calms right. me down. Mm-hmm. And so, and that's something that worked for us. But, and, and to put, it's just a really time, simple thing. It is if very simple. you don't simple. have time, you know. But I always, and I guess another thing we can say is, what are some things that work for us when it comes to, you know, being accountable is something with movement. I say that if you're stationary and you're having an urge, get up and start moving. Mm-hmm. Number two, I would say is write something down. I would also say get a pen and paper. And make a r- physical list. Yeah, it Don't be on your work. phone. You know, yeah, you have to physically write things. I mean, when I saw a therapist, this is what she told me. She said, physically write down what you're feeling, what you're saying to yourself. And I also would take a moment to do a little bit of inward mindfulness and say, why am I like this? What's contributing to this? Sometimes though, if you're just starting out and all you can do is make a list of three reasons that you are feeling what you have gratitude for, or what you're thankful for, what makes you happy. You know, if you could just make a list of three things, it helps get you out of 
like Carver said, like that headspace where you're trapped in like um, last a couple of episodes, we described it as like a sexual panic attack is when you're feeling these urges. Uh Um, It helps you get away from that. And as a person who is someone's being held accountable to in an addiction, um, of course, if I have time, I'm going to call Carver or I'm going to talk to him about it in the moment. I'm going to call him and I'm just going to say, tell me what you're feeling. Tell me what's going on. What has led to this? Talk to me about it. And, and obviously those are conversations that you can have if you have a little bit more time, but not everyone has time to sit around and wait for their friends or wait for their spouse or wait for their sibling or whoever to call them and, and to give your full attention to them. And I feel like that person that you know, that you're trying to help or that is helping you, you have to realize that they aren't going to be available all the time, but to just do your best and just think of little things that you can do. And I feel like that has gone a long way with us, right? Because Uh I feel like I have always responded, but sometimes it's a longer conversation than others, right? Yeah. I mean, honestly, and even so, like, it's not like I have to call you every time. No, sometimes we just text. Yeah, sometimes. And sometimes... I can go to someone else and say, hey, what's up? I can call, you know, a friend or anything like that. If you need to, if you don't have a spouse, you know, call someone. Develop that. I mean, it is really hard. I told my best friend, I told him, hey, man, I'm struggling with this. And I just remember the catharsis I felt. And I thought he was going to judge me for it and be like, wow, you know. But there was a sense of like, I guess this is going to sound kind of weird, but intimacy. Like there was a sense of like. Hey man, you opened up to me and I'm not going to like a strength in your relationship. Yeah, It was a strengthening thing. And to all the people out there that may be struggling, I don't know how many people are listening to this that are struggling, but honestly, the best thing that you can do for yourself is to become accountable to someone. Mm-hmm. And then I heard this, do not compromise your team. When you are accountable to someone, and this has been honestly our biggest struggle. I mean, sometimes it's taken me a little bit to muster up the courage and the strength to say, Tanner, I messed up. Mm-hmm. But it's when I can muster that up that our relationship is strengthened. Yeah. And it's not like you tell her and, well, at least in our relationship, we have kind of built up a trust where I'm like, this is what I'm working for. And it's kind of strengthened us, honestly. Like having this open mm-hmm. communication about what we're actually struggling with, well, at least what I'm struggling with, mm-hmm. I feel closer to you now. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, this is something that, you know, I'm indebted to you. Mm-hmm. And so that's my, is it when you find someone that says, yes, I will work with you with this, first of all, do not control their life. I try really hard to take, I wouldn't say matters into my own hand, but to be like, I know that you have your own life. But I need you, so I'm going to, you know, I'm going to take the time that I need, but at the same time, I'm not going to take over your life. Yeah. I feel like this episode is really, like, advice giving instead of talking about our... No, I think, no, I don't think so (laughs) at all. I personally don't think so. I think that this may be advice giving, like, I may have said something like that, but I'm just trying to say... Oh, I wasn't talking about you specifically, just the conversation we're having, but I agree with Carver. Um, when you go through 12 step program or AA or something, um, one of the first things I tell you is to get a sponsor, 
air quotes around sponsor. That basically just means find someone that you guys can be committed to each other to be a team to work through this. And truthfully, full recovery will never, ever, ever happen unless you have somebody to be a team with. You could have a support group. If you're in a text chain with somebody, like with your three best friends, and that's who your support is, to just be like, hey, I'm having a hard time today. And whoever can get back to you first to have that support, whether it's one person or two people or your family. I know that it's hard to divulge this information and be so vulnerable with a group of people all the time. But really, you're never... With any addiction, I really believe that it really cannot ever be overcome unless you have somebody to do it with. You really, it just can't be done alone. Something that, oh, did you want to add? I was going to add to something, yeah. Honestly, and I mean, you walk this line, I mean, I wouldn't say dead on, and I don't want to detriment to you, but something that I've really taken... I wouldn't say for granted, but something that I've really appreciated is that not only am I accountable to you, but you can also help me, I guess, move forward. Right. You know, and I don't think I, at least some people don't have this, but I really appreciate that. You know, we've created that line of communication, but if I'm ruminating and I'm saying, I can't believe I did that again, how could I be so dumb? You know, we've created this link. We've Mm -hmm. created this bond. Mm -hmm. And... While it may be hard, you're there to share my highs and to help me get out of my lows too. Yeah. Just emotionally. Because it is emotionally draining. And I don't want to, you know, I don't want this to come across that like Tanner is dependent on me and that I've kind of enslaved her into a, <laughs> this, a, you know, into my addiction. Sometimes I feel like that, but it's that not that way anymore. Yeah. I wouldn't say it's that way. Because I think I personally have worked really hard to get past that point, I mm-hmm. want to say, to, you know, figure out. To get on my feet and say, listen, I need to lean on you sometimes, <clears throat> but I need to be able to walk on my own two feet. Right. And I'm going to prove to you that I can. Right. It's like that song by Foo Fighters, Learning to Walk Again. <laughs> Dang it, that's a great song. You can't hold someone's hand forever and ever, right? You're going to have to <clears throat> have someone let go of your tricycle, let go of your two-wheel bike, and you're going to have to go on your own, but there's going to be a while there when you're not going to be able to do it all on your own. I think that's the best analogy. Honestly, Learning to ride is... a two-wheel bike? Yes. <laughs> or <laughs> what do you think? Learning to ride a two-wheel bike. No, oh, really. You that's like just think... gave me this weird look when I said that, and I then I made like, a goat noise. Calls it? <laughs> <laughs> who calls I'm, i was just like a two-wheel bike you mean a bike i'm well in regards to a trice like a four-wheel a th- tri- whatever a four-wheel bike well, i guess there's four-wheel bikes you know i have atvs but it's well a with the little your little trice your little tricycle training, three wheels training wheels oh i guess you got a point there there's four wheels there yep that doesn't really matter though um Something else that I just wanted to mention from my perspective on this is that I really struggled with um, when it comes to accountability. Um, I know in the last episode we talked about from my perspective and something that I struggled with was this is a different kind of accountability, I feel like. Um, This is what happens when something happens when there's a mess up when there's a relapse um 
I, it's a real, just in my own head, I don't know if this is going to make sense to anyone else, but in my own head, um, being loving and supporting and being there and being like, we're going to get through this and being so kind and supporting about a mess up because Carver can tell you and anyone else who has struggled with this relapsing on any kind of addiction, it doesn't feel great. You don't feel good about yourself. You feel real crappy about yourself. And then to have somebody that you love and trust for them to be disappointed in you is also crushing. So me, I have had a struggle with being loving and supporting and holding Carver accountable for his actions. Um, I felt like for a long time, the first little bit while this was happening, that if I was just going to say, I love you so much, we're going to get through this, this is going to be okay, that that would give Carver an open door to um, take advantage of me and walk all over me and say, well, she really wasn't that upset about it. So I guess it's not that big of a deal if it happens again, you know, and in my head, I just was like, should I, I, it's not my place to air quotes, like give you punishment for the things you like. There are natural consequences. I think one of those natural consequences is that your spouse is going to be upset with you. But then I also have is, to, are you like saying nothing? It sounded like, <laughs> sorry. It's not like when you said that, like, you can't expect me not to be mad if you mess up, Carver. Well, kind of. I know, no, that didn't go on. Um, I, I, I don't know. And, and then to also be this person who you're accountable to. I feel like I am not allowed to be disappointed sometimes or it's going to be more upsetting and Carver is going to be more inclined to make mistakes. And that, I think, is just something that I've had to figure out as a spouse and as, I guess, air quote, a sponsor is what they would say in like a 12 step program. And I haven't quite figured it out yet, but I do think that what has, I don't know if this has helped you just, do you think that if I would have reacted differently to the things that had gone on that you would feel as inclined to change as rather than if I like how I was upset. I think what I'm saying is, do you think that me being upset and angry and cause a commotion sometimes is what motivated you to overcome this sometimes? Is that, do you think that sometimes that's a motivating factor? I'm hesitant to say yes. Well, just tell me the truth. Honestly, <laughs> There's been a lot of times where I'm like, I wish that you weren't, that you weren't so mad at me. Mm -hmm. Like, I understand that. I mean, and for me to think that you're not going to be upset about this is a very selfish way to think. Yeah. Like, your feelings are valid. Sometimes I'm like, will you please not, you know, get super mad at me? Will you please support me? So I do think, but in conjunction with that. But do you think that that has been a motivator? I do think that it has been a motivator. I do think that it's helped me, but I will say this. I do not think that I would be this progressed if every time I mess up, you're like, that's okay. So you, you know? do think that I, holding people accountable is, I mean, accountable for their actions. Obviously it is not my job to 
give punishment to Carver because he is an adult. You know, like, I don't feel like you like, can't force like you're not me. my kid. Yeah, you can't for I guess you, I, my thing is you can't force me to do anything because no. I'm, a, you know, it's not like you can bend anyone's will. However, though, I will say that there is a difference between supporting someone and just being like, oh, it's OK. And letting him off the hook. Hmm, I think okay. that there is a... So you think it's both. You think that ha- showing a natural reaction to... Or like you experiencing natural consequences from someone that you love is me being showing that I'm invested in this. I would say that it is hurtful. And I understand. <laughs> no, I would say that there needs to be some kind of... I wouldn't say a reckoning. Yeah. But I do think that there needs to be some kind of... Hey, what happened? You know, and at least some kind of accountability so they know that it's not okay. In the perfect world, I would say that it would go like this. I would say, hey, I messed up. You would say, tell me what happened. I would tell you what happened. You would say, did you do anything to do it? Try to overcome it. And I would say, I did this. Didn't work. They would say, okay, do this next time. And then we would say, probably conclude with, Hey, I'm very disappointed in you. And if you're really raging mad, <laughs> I mean, like, maybe take a minute. Maybe take a minute and be like, hey, I will return to this conversation. Yeah. Um, But letting them know, first of all, that you're still there. I think that's one of my biggest problems, I guess, that I've that we've had to kind of overcome is that you can be upset. Yeah. And you can hold someone accountable. But at the end of the at the end of the interaction, they need to know. That you're still that in love their corner. Is there. Yeah. yeah. And I think that has been our struggle is that like, and I'm also kind of like a dramatic person. So like, it's oh, like, yeah. oh, it's all over. My marriage is over, you know, which I've thought a couple of times. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, Same. This, this is over, you know? And mm-hmm. so, but after a little while, after we let our emotions side, it's like, hey, you know, this is just a setback. So I guess that there are natural consequences where like, I'm going to be upset, but I obviously don't have any right to be like. You have to move out. You have to sleep outside. Go like, you know, like I think that there are things that maybe are pushing it too far that are on the border of me giving you punishment. I mean, obviously there have been times when I'm like really very upset about something and I've said, get out. And honestly, the times when you've been most upset is when I have not been accountable. That makes sense. But I feel like at the end of the day, after the emotions come down and we have a t- we have time to talk about that, you know that I'm always going to be supportive of you if you're willing to work with me. Yeah. Right. Now, that's also something that I think you need to gauge. If you're going to be if you are going to be accountable to someone, you have to be committed to that person, you know, and if you're someone that says, yeah, you can be, you know, you can call me. Don't make a half promise. Don't be like, sure. Exactly. And don't expect, and if they call you, don't be like, oh, I didn't think you were going to call me. Be there. Show up for that person. I would say that Tanner's a special case because she's very invested and she, I want to say a high emotion person, but she's very committed to this. I am highly emotional. That's true. Got it from my dad. <laughs> and I would say that practice some emotional intelligence, you know, be able to understand like, right. That's- I still love you, but if I engage right now. You're not, it's not going to go well. Like broken things and slamming doors and 
Go on. I just, one time I lost it. <laughs> I don't, it's not funny. And this is at the beginning, by the way. No. I think I know what story it you're It was in tell. this apartment. No, but at the beginning of like, really, I guess why I'd say the, uh, the real big swing <laughs> to like a major recovery of mine. If you've been to our house, when you walk in the front door, there is like a little office area where we are currently sitting. That's like off to the right hand side of where, when you walk into our door and there are these like floating shelves almost that you can like see through. They're like, they're like bookshelves from the inside of the office where they have drawers. And on the other side, it's just like a place where I like put some decorative things. It kind of separates the office and the hallway. Right. And I don't, I like blacked out. Like I was so, I've never been so filled with rage and emotion and sadness and all these things in my whole life because of what had just occurred um, that I seriously, I don't remember a lot of this. I like, like my eyes glazed over and I think like the devil filled my body and I was like, there was like flames coming out of my ears that I in one sweep took my arm and flung everything off of that countertop and everything off of our entry hall table and everything like off of our bookshelves just lost it and we have come a long ways from that i really don't like you telling the story because it's a very hard <laughs> moment for me and to be honest it with you, was the I'm, lead up to that story <laughs> is that i had been struggling and i had not been talking to tanner and this is like maybe a year ago that this actually yeah. happened maybe more than a year i'm sorry now. it's painful for you but it's funny to me now because i it's just still like not funny to me if you look if you guys saw my face right now <laughs> there would be no smiles There'd be no smiles. <laughs> just talking about that super hurts me on the deep down. I'm sorry. I just, obviously. You broke our statue of Jesus. I did on accident. I thought I that was. You can't say that was on accident when you threw everything on the ground. Um, it was the strangest out of body experience I've ever had. I felt like I was floating outside of my body watching me do all of this and I had no control and I just was like completely numb. Anyways. <laughs> what we're trying to say is don't do that. Don't do that. That well, okay, was not but beneficial to our relationship. No, it wasn't. I feel like it helped me a little bit. I just felt so infuriated about what had just transpired. But listen, this is why I bring this up. Um, yeah. yeah, tell me why you would bring that up right now. Um, first of all, I think it's hilarious. Second it's of all... <laughs> it's actually the opposite of hilarious. People are probably listening to this going, oh my gosh. Like, I thought that Carbon Tanner were the solid couple, but it is the house of horrors in there. It, it was only that one time when, like, I actually lost my cool. Um... And we've come a long ways in emotional intelligence. I was about to eat a high chew right now, but I'm going to forbear so you don't hear this. Gross. I've got some ASMR up in here. Anyways, um, we've come a long way. And I think the reason that we have come so far is that um, Carver and I have been doing this for a while now that I feel like I have kind of conquered an appropriate way to react and I have control most of the time, but that is only because we are being held accountable to each other to have these conversations. And I would also say that I it also has helped that I am being accountable to you too. Right, that's and what I'm that saying. And that like, I am not keeping things in the dark, that you are knowing what I'm going through. I think when we run into the biggest problems, you know, and I'm trying to... 
I'm trying to phrase this so like if you're not married and you're listening to this, you can gain something out of this. Right. But I don't know. You know what? I'm just going to say the way that it's worked for us. But the more that I'm talking to you, mm-hmm. the better it is. Yeah. The better that we feel. And accountability, you know, it's part communication, part responsibility, part hard work. Oh, all it of is, those things. Yeah. Uh, for both people. You need to take a mental check, I think. And this is something that I had to do is that I had to look, really look deep into myself, look in the mirror and say, am I really trying to beat this? Is this something that I'm truly trying to conquer? Mm-hmm. And if I, you know, and I had to ask myself, am I saying yes, because that's what I feel like I should do? Or is, am I saying yes, because that's something I want to do? Right. And it's taken a couple days. I mean, not a couple days. This means it's not like it's asked myself yesterday, but it's taken a little bit for us to, for me to reach that and be like, this isn't what I need. It's what I want. It's not just a thing that I feel like I should do, mm-hmm. but it's something that I want to do. Mm-hmm. And and at that point, it's all about work. It's about not just saying, like, I'm going to live my own life and do whatever. And maybe mm-hmm. we'll talk a little bit more about strategy on another episode. Mm-hmm. But it's saying, what am I doing in my life to help me get there? What steps am I taking? Whether that's a 12-step program or another recovery program. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it's making lifestyle changes, whether it's saying goodbye to maybe negative influences. Mm-hmm. You need to be accountable and actually work and report on those. If you're serious about yeah, this. If you're serious about it, make the correct changes and tell someone. Right. If you make, and that's something that I also truly enjoy about accountability. Maybe we'll close with this. Well, I have one more thing to say. Okay, but. then we'll, we'll, I'll say this really quick is that if you're doing well and you tell someone, it is rewarding to you. Mm-hmm. And it makes you, it, it is fuel for the next victory. Mm-hmm. So I would say, don't just tell them when you're struggling. And maybe I share this too late in the podcast, Mm. but share when you're having victories too. I will always say like, I was struggling today and I did this. I got over it and I'm proud of myself. And Tanner can be like, I'm proud of you too. Mm -hmm. That builds the the strength in the relationship with someone that you're being held accountable to. Um, One more thing that I do want to add really quick, just if you're listening as um, a spouse or as a friend or someone who is hoping to seek wisdom for somebody who is struggling, um, something that I didn't understand for a really long time that comes with addiction, we kind of already glazed over this, that um, when Carver is in the heat of the moment and struggling with a temptation, um, he's not, you're not going to be in the right mindset to logically talk yourself down that with any addiction, if you're caught up in, um, giving in or relapsing on the thing that you're struggling with, your heart's going to be racing. Your mind's going to be thinking about what just, I just want to do this. I just want to get it over with. I just want to get this out of my system. It is very difficult and complicated for you to talk yourself down. That is the reason that they ask you to be held to, to have someone to be accountable to, because that person that you're going to be talking to is going to be your logical brain right? They're going to ask you questions and they're going to say things to you that is going to help you step back from the heat of the moment. And that is truly why it can't be done alone. Because really any kind of addiction that you have is going to rewires the the way that your brain works. It really does. You see things differently. You think differently. You feel things differently. And you can't logically and rationally think when, when you're in the heat of the moment. And I didn't understand that. I didn't understand why, 
why do why do I have to constantly like why just stop just why are you doing this like just talk yourself down and it is a disease when you're when you have an addiction it is a mental illness it is something in your brain that or they wouldn't call it an addiction right there just wouldn't be a thing if you could just be like just stop and then you're like okay so it was really helpful for me to understand why Carver needed to be, why, why, why I needed to hold him accountable. That's the only thing I want to say about that. Just coming from my perspective, learning about addiction and learning about how it works and learning why we have to do things to fight this battle together has been really beneficial to me to understand when Carver's having these temptations for me not to not to just be like, well, why are you doing that? Just stop doing it. You know, um, it's been a journey for me trying to figure that out. So um, thank you for listening. I know every time we're like, we want to keep this to 20 minutes. No, we said 30 minutes. <laughs> 20 to 30 minutes. minutes. Over. So um, <clears throat> thank you for listening. Please share it with your friends. Please let us know if you have any questions or concerns or if you want to um, fact check me on the things that I am saying. I would love to be corrected. Um if you have a difference of opinion, I would love to hear it. So just let me, let us know. Um, we love, we truly love feedback. We love to hear from you guys. I, I just don't want to be that ignorant person who's just like, blah, 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 and don't know what they're talking about. This is honestly just from my perspective on what I've learned at this point. If you know more than me, I would love to discuss it with you. So just let us know. Uh-huh. Um, and to add on that, this is just a little plug for myself. <laughs> so, first of all, if you need support, whether you're someone that's like, I have a spouse, there are support groups for you that says, like, I have a spouse that's dealing with an addiction. Go find those support groups if you need them. Yeah. If you're struggling and you feel like you need a support group, some people are like, yeah, I can do it with two people. Some people are like, no, I need that support group. Yeah. Go find that support group. I will say, you know, if you're going to do it, whatever you do, be committed. And I will also say that to go along with Tanner. We do like to hear feedback. If you want to message us personally, you can do that. We love to hear from you. You can also, which I'm going to just say is probably our Facebook. Yeah. I mean, I mean our Facebook, our, uh, the home. You can find us on face this, this podcast on Facebook. You can also go to carvernicholas.com. There is a tab there and I've set up a little submission form. Mm -hmm. So if you'd rather not, you know, message me personally, but you would rather send me an email, you know, you can fill out. It doesn't have your name. And I'll probably give me your email, so, you know, I'll keep it anonymous. If your name is carvernicholas2 at gmail.com. Why would you do that? <laughs> Why would you do that? Why would you do that? I'm deleting that. Why? I don't know. What if a stranger listens to that and is like, what's up, what's up, what's up? You can block them? I don't. I'm not. I'm, it's your I'm, email. I'm deleting my email. <clears throat> if you want to talk you're to d- me. You're telling people this to go to your website, but you're afraid of giving people your My email? website is my expression to the world that form you can message and it'll come to me you can also check out other stuff if you like but that website is for people to access my personal email is my personal email why don't you give me my social security number you're being really dramatic whatever i'm not gonna take out my email okay okay do you want to say anything 
Nope. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Um, we're hoping to do another podcast in about two weeks. Two weeks. If you want a comment or question or concern. Um, or if you like, hey, can you guys talk about this topic? Yeah. Please let us know. Okay, guys. Bye. Bye.